Hi, I'm Deborah Kaufman with Broadcast Beat. We're here at the Digital Asset Symposium held by EMEA, the Association yeah, yeah. of Moving Image Archivists. I'm here today with uh, Rabbi Elkana Schmutkin. Did I pronounce that correctly? Good job. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, you know, I'm a member of the tribe. Um, and we just heard a really, really, really interesting piece on how the Jewish education uh, media. media organization created an archive of a tremendous number of video, audio, photographs. Tell me a little bit about what Jewish education media is. Uh, GEM was founded in 1980 for the purpose of broadcasting the uh, public addresses of Lubavitch Rebbe, Rebbe Schneerson, uh, live around the globe. So at that time, in 1980, it was a very rare phenomenon that a private or small private organization would be doing something like that. That was restricted more to governments and major networks. But the Rebbe himself, uh, kind of very unique for a Hasidic Jewish leader, um, he always encouraged embrace of technology. You know, there are many people who are saying technology is a bad thing. You could do bad things with radio and television and, you know, the, um, so we should shun it. But the Rebbe was very much of the opinion that the technology is neutral. You can choose what to use it for. Use it for good things. So I think it was as a result of that probably that a number of his disciples and uh, said, hey, why don't we watch the Rebbe's addresses live around the world via satellite. And that's how our organization was, was born in 1980. You, you talked a little bit about this satellite network you formed that was really quite awe-inspiring. I knew nothing about it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, basically, you have to imagine the scene, and we put up a picture there during the presentation. Uh, you have to imagine a, a, a scene of thousands of black-hatted, black-coated Hasidic men uh, gathered for this uh, address by the Rebbe, which would usually run four or five hours, something like that, with breaks in between for Hasidic songs and uh, a little chayim, a little uh, drink, a toast in, in between, and the Rebbe would speak throughout the night on a bunch of different topics. And within the middle of this sea of people, you have you know, television cameras, which uh, kind of, is, it's a very foreign image, you know, when you see the, the two juxtaposed against one another. And then you have around the world forming, you know, at, in Israel at two o'clock in the morning and in Australia the next afternoon and all around the world you have these groups of people coming together to actually uh, participate in this, in this event. Um, so that's that's what the Fabrenga itself looked like, and of course he had satellite trucks and dishes uh, in front of 770, the headquarters where the Rebbe would 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 uh, speak at. But you have to realize these are people who don't have televisions in their own homes, so they would gather together in the community center. And I remember when I was a child, we before there was cable, before they were on cable TV, or as cable TV was just coming in, we would you know sometimes have to go to a suburb or to a city further away and find a hotel or a motel that had. Uh, that had cable television in the first place. Well, and cable TV was very new at the time. Exactly. So I think it's wonderful that, you know, so many people documented everything to do with the Rebbe and all of his works, that you've had a tremendous amount of material. material. Can you talk a little bit about the scope of the material that you, did, that you do have? So it's interesting. It's the first time in Jewish history that the life and times and teachings of a Jewish leader were recorded in audio and video. So we're, we're pushing the envelope here from a technological perspective as well as from a religious perspective. And that's, that's very interesting, that's challenging. Um, 
And the material encompasses the core material of the, these broadcasts, which are the Rebbe speaking on a whole host of topics from current events in the news to a Talmudic dissertation to something about the portion of the week and maybe how they all come together. Um, in addition to that, we have beautiful old films starting from as early as 1929 and 16mm and 8mm um, of individual events photographed by either photographers on their own or by even private individuals who slowly but surely we've compiled into this massive archive of material you know that's kind of all in a uniform uh, setup and, and it's accessible by scholars and by our team and with God's help eventually uh, much more widely even than it is today. I think it's interesting how you said that uh, Shlomo is the main archivist, is that correct? Mm -hmm. How he has, his job has gone from being a guardian of these materials to being an enabler for people for people to access them. Can you talk a little bit about kind of this decision to go from, you know, looking inward and guarding it to making it available to everyone? Well, I mean, there's no good reason to guard it. If the material is there and it's something that people can learn from and can inspire them, we see it as our responsibility to get it out. Now, obviously, an archivist, his job is, his primary and foremost job is to to make sure that the material is safe, that nothing bad is happening to it, and that'll be here tomorrow and next year and, and in 10 years from today. So I think this is not even so unique to us, but I think across the world, archivists used to be, okay, their primary goal is making sure it's here for the long term. Pushing it out the door is not really their, their, their big thing. Uh, so they're guardians, whereas today, the material is accessible, the archive itself is accessible to every researcher and uh, sometime soon, God willing, it will be uh, accessible to people in their own homes. So the job of the archivist is more facilitating, making sure that they can find what they need, that things are working properly, and that they're able to as easily and as quickly as possible push the material through to the people who need them. And how much, uh, how much new information, how much new data, video, audio, photographs are you adding every year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hundreds of hours of HD interviews. Hundred, uh, let me think about that for a minute. Hundreds or thousands. No, hundreds of hours of, of HD interviews uh, that we're doing every year. As well, we're right now, we, we've only scanned 130,000 of our collection uh, of our photographs. We're scanning, we have another 270,000 negatives that we're scanning in high res ahead of us. Um, as well as collections of films and video that we're still uh, combining and absorbing into the archive. Um, but I think the big thing that we're continuing to add, and it's going to go on for many, many years, is metadata. The ability to apply, the, leverage the material and use it in ways that are relevant and meaningful. And that metadata is going to be added in layers and layers and layers for, for years to come, I would think. It seems like you're continuing to hone metadata to t talk a, just a bit about the importance of metadata. Mm. Well, metadata is, is absolutely the key to everything because if you take the entire archive, and you push 10,000 hours of video out onto the web. So people will be excited for a couple of days and they'll spend a lot of time there. But the bottom line is, as someone who, you know, as we know from working with the archive, it's only as valuable as the tags that, that you apply to it. Because if you can't find what you're doing, so you're just going to wander through hours and hours and hours of material and you can't find what's relevant. The key is to provide the access and at the same time help with the finding aids, which is the metadata, to enable people to find exactly what they're looking for. So that's, you know, between, sorry, between the app and the different platforms that we have, we're continuing to fine tune the metadata structure so that it will best suit the needs of people who are searching for these materials, whether it's researchers in-house or people on the outside who are trying to find something of interest to them. And I know you searched, uh, you talked to a lot of different archivists. Can you talk about some of the archivists that you spoke with um, when you went on your on your tour? 
now I now I need to think. It was a long time ago. So okay. I can tell you what institutions we were. Well, you at. went to. Uh, you said CNN. Yes. We were at. Uh, our research took us to a, a bunch. Of, our research, our research led us to a number of really incredible people in the archive community. Um, we visited the Smithsonian Institution. Susan there has, was a tremendous help for us. I hope I got that right. I shouldn't do that unless I know for sure. <laughs> I can look up her name. But uh, if you want to give me a second, I'll look it up. Otherwise, uh, I'll do it again without the name. Don't, I, I don't, we don't need the names. Okay. It's okay. So, um, our research into the entire process of preservation and, and, and the metadata systems took us to really led us to the doors of some really incredible people in the archive community. Uh, the Smithsonian Institution was, was beautiful. You know, they threw their doors open and, sh and very patiently showed us everything about their process and, and their decisions throughout the preservation process. Uh, the United States Holocaust Museum, Fox News, CNN, Major League Baseball, um, really, we were to a number of the, the, the beautiful, really premier archives, and they were very gracious with helping us. And that really uh, contributed a lot to the project because we were able to learn from other people's decisions and their trial and, and their, their errors, their successes and their, their failures um, to uh, enable us on what was really relatively a very small budget to be able to take our materials and, and save them and preserve them. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way to becoming your own premier archive for a lot of people in the public to use.